the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, as they showed up to find the stone rolled back and these angels sitting on top, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Father, we thank you, Lord, for Resurrection Sunday. And Lord, while we do celebrate your resurrection every Sunday, Lord, it is, it is good for us to purposefully spend some time here, to set apart some time to talk about the resurrection, to think about the resurrection. Lord, I pray that you'd, Lord, as many of us here perhaps have uh, maybe have new clothes and are going to have some family time this afternoon and there's going to be pictures and maybe a special meal. And while all those things are are good and they are um, wholesome. Lord, we understand that these are but pictures, but symbols of the newness of life and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for without the resurrection, there'd be no purpose for us here. And Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, help us as a whole to see you No longer on a cross, no longer in a grave, but a risen Savior seated at the right hand of the Father. Our sins forgiven, our Lamb become our high priest. And Lord, that we would long for the day that we would one day be with you again. And we'll thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I, uh, I told the Sunday school crew, uh, I hauled out my dad's, my dad's Bible, because it was coming up on Resurrection Sunday, and uh, I'm looking forward to my own resurrected um, rejoining of my, with my parents, and it just was a good reminder that uh, this life <laughs> is not the end. It's not the end, Amen. And so I picked up his Bible the uh, last couple days, and I've been reading through some of the resurrection accounts, and, and uh, there were some interesting things that he had circled, and I, I'll say it's basically a message from my dad's Bible. I mean, it's my message. He may have preached it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but just in reading some of the, some, just noting some of the things that he had highlighted and circled, some things kind of popped out to me that I had not seen or paid attention to as much as I probably should have. You know how that works, how you can be saved for how long? I mean, decades upon decades, and read a passage that you've read and read and read and read, 
and suddenly this verse that you've read a thousand times pop out and you're like, I have never seen that before. Not like that. And uh, I just begin to look at this, and you know it's interesting to me that the very first group, and I want to start here, the very first group that shows up to see the empty tomb, listen to what it is that they hear. Verse 7, what do they hear? Come in, or verse 6, come and see. And then verse 6, go and tell. Verse 7, I, yeah. Verse 6 is come and see. Verse 7, go and tell. You hear that? The very first things I hear, come look. See, it's empty. Now go and tell. The very first thing. Now, and I, we talked about this some with the, with the uh, Sunday school crew this morning. But if, if it was you, okay, I'm just picturing, I'm just thinking about, I'll just use myself as an example. But if I was to show up at the, uh, the, the Grand Haven uh, Cemetery over there in Michigan, and I was to walk up to the, to the plot where my parents are buried, both in that single spot, and I was to walk up and see the grave busted open from the inside, Dirt flying out this way, that maybe the headstone moved and, and looked down in there and see nothing down in that hole that should be there and realize that something strange has happened. Now, if it was today, I'd be upset. <laughs> so would you. If you, got fo- if you got folks over in Jerome Cemetery and you walked over there and they were dug up and you'd be going, excuse me? Uh, I didn't authorize this. But I just want you, to, I want you to picture this is someone that we love. And if you knew that resurrection was a possibility and you were to walk, if I was to walk into Grand Haven Cemetery and knowing that resurrection is possible and walking up to an empty grave, wow! I want you to picture, get that in your head a minute, that this, this, these, these people have walked up, these ladies have walked up hoping to finally have, after two or three days of this hectic, there's high Sabbaths and things that they had to do and all sorts of preparation, lots of rules and laws, and, and they kind of had to put Jesus in the ground really fast and weren't able to have any closure. Well, now they're going back and there's time. They want to have some closure. And in, instead of getting closure, they hear, what are you here for? Yeah, he's not here. He's gone, man. <laughs> You, you need to go tell the disciples. All they hear is, he's not here. Come look, see? It's, an, it's empty. Now I want you to go and tell. Now, let me just ask you a question. If, do you think that I would be silent walking up to my parents' grave and finding empty grave? Do you think that's something I would just walk away from going, going huh, isn't that something? So what are we having for breakfast, guys? Is that what you'd do? Now, listen, do you realize they, need, they still need a little bit of direction that the, that the angel says, now don't just stand around here going, huh, what's going on? No, go and tell what you've seen here. Go and tell what you've seen. I want to ask you a question. I just want you to think about this. I know that there are believers in the room who wholeheartedly believe in the, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but I want to ask you something. Have you seen, and I don't mean have you made a trip to Israel, although I think... It, Probably a good thing, wouldn't be a bad thing. I'd love to go see that empty tomb myself, as many that have not. But you know what it is. You know that tomb's empty. You don't have to go there to see it. We've seen pictures. Now granted, you know, it's one of those things. That my, one of my preachers says, I used to preach in black and white, and then I went to Israel and I saw the tomb, empty tomb, and now I preach in color. <laughs> I think that's, there's some, probably some truth in some of those things. But we know it. We believe it. But I want to ask you a question. 
Have you seen it in such a fashion that your heart would now say, you can tell me to go and tell, but I'm think, I don't think that's going to be a problem. People need to hear. It's the primary purpose of the resurrection is that people need to hear that sin is paid for, God has accepted the payment, and eternal life in heaven is a result and available. Go and tell. This should be a standard. This shouldn't even be a thing we'd have to think about. I, it just blows my mind I, when I begin to see this, that the very first people, what, what did they hear? You've seen it. Now go and tell. Go and tell. So if we were to look, I would take you over to uh, the book of John. So why don't you go with me to the book of John, chapter 20. Some of you know this, this passage here. We've got uh, Mary Magdalene. She's back at the tomb or back in the garden. She's near the door there. She's weeping. And she's looking in there. She's seeing it. And she sees the two angels. So John chapter 20. Go to verse 12. She sees two angels in white sitting. The one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto him, Because they have taken away my Lord. And I know not where they have laved him. They've, they moved the body. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back like she's going to leave. She saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. She's thinking somehow that he wasn't allowed to be buried at the cemetery or something anymore, so they moved him. Jesus saith unto her, Mary, I wish we could have heard it the way Mary heard it. She turned, and, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say. See there again, what do we have? Go and tell. I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and to your God. And of course, after that, look down here in verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Again, this, this would appear to me to be perhaps the second group, if, if not the, maybe the third, I, I, it seems to be the second group that Jesus appears to, and he appears to them now, not just, there's not just an empty tomb, but now Jesus himself appears and he shows up, and what does he say to them? You know, you see, yeah, it's me, and yes, you have my peace now. I am sending you to tell. You've got a job. I'm telling you, and, and I'm, this, this should be something that's not even, not even a, a thought for us, that it would be hard to imagine why the disciples covered the world with the preaching that Jesus had risen, because they saw the risen Christ. They saw him. They saw him dead. They knew he was dead. The Roman soldiers were familiar with death. They, they assumed he was dead. They would not have sent him to burial if he was not dead. 
And they go, they see him buried, they see him wrapped, and then they see the empty tomb, and then they get to see Jesus himself. I'm telling you, it's amazing, isn't it? He sends them, here I am, right in front of you. Now Mary didn't recognize him at first. They got to see him because Mary gave him a heads up. But let's look at another group. So turn back to the book of Luke. Back to the book of Luke in chapter 24. The first few verses of Luke 24, we see kind of a repeat of some of the things that we've just talked about. Uh, in the first few verses, they came under the sepulchre, they, they had prepared, they found the stone rolled away, they entered in, found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Okay, they were much perplexed, they were afraid, verse 5, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, verse 6, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, verse 8, and they remembered his words. And they returned from the sepulchre, verse 9, and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles and their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. Now, can I let's say, these are believers, okay? These are believers that they're talking to, but they could not believe the news, okay? It doesn't make them unbelievers, they just didn't, They didn't believe this portion of it. So, verse 12, Peter runs down to look. And we get to verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. In other words, they had a long walk. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass, while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as you walk and are sad? And of course, they say, Have you been around here the last few days? I mean, for heaven's sakes, have you known what goes on? He says, What things? Verse 19. And they tell him about the story of, you know, that the, Jesus was crucified. And now these women are coming telling us that he's not in the tomb anymore. And we don't know what to think. They say he's risen. And uh, in verse 25, then said he unto them, or he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. They still don't know who he is. And they drew nigh into the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to tarry with them. They liked what they were hearing, talking about the Lord and the Word of God and the things of Jesus. Verse 30, and it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them, and their eyes were opened. I, I just get this picture of him taking the bread, and he breaks it, and he hands it out like this. And what, what do you do when you're handed something? They look down, and they see the hand. They see the wounded hand and the broken bread and they remember Jesus breaking bread and they see the wounds and, they, and they, they, I, my, my vision says that they, their head snapped back up and he's gone. As it says in verse 31, and their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And look, verse 32, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened us to, the script, to us the scriptures and they rose up the same hour 
and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. (coughs) You hear it again? They saw Jesus. They were communing together. They were talking. They were rehashing the events, talking about the things of Jesus. And, and, and listen, reasoning. How, what, where's the sense in this? What, 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 is, what is really going on, do you think? What's, what do you think's happening here, Demi? Do you think somebody stole him? Or, you know, could it be that he's risen? Did we miss something? Of course they did. They found that out a little bit later. But, and then Jesus shows up and spends time with them. And when they see him, they see him. And they're like, we can't sit around here. We need to go tell somebody. Do you hear it? Hear it again? What, what are we as a church commanded to do in the Great Commission? Go and tell. Go and tell. I mean, there's a little bit more to it, but let's just stop right there. Go and tell. And it's easy. Listen, I, I think sometimes we forget that what we see, what we see, Jesus said, is greater than what they saw. Jesus, Peter himself said, we, we even have a more sure word of prophecy in this book than they had. We've got something trustworthy and real. And I just want to ask you a question. And, I, and I'm not talking about, you know, like a, you've had too much pizza and you had a weird dream last night. Or you had pizza and ice cream on the same night. And you had some really weird dreams. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, have, have you seen Jesus? Often... In the case of what we've looked at here, often Jesus actually was there and they didn't, they didn't connect the dots. And they didn't believe the others that saw him. Thomas didn't believe the other apostles. The apostles didn't believe the ladies. These guys here, these guys that were walking on, they didn't believe what they had heard. You hear what I'm saying? Don't pretend that just because you're a believer, you got everything together, man. And I know we don't think that. But every one of us in this room knows what our commission is what we're supposed to do. And then I want to ask everyone in the room to examine, am I a teller? Am I a goer? And am I a teller? Or are we just taking the advantage to ourselves of what it is that God has done for us? Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? Well, they saw Jesus, and you haven't. Your sins aren't forgiven. You don't have a hope of heaven. You hear what I'm saying? Listen. There's a reason I, this Bible is precious to me, not just because of someone who's gone on, but someone I'm going to see again. I get to see my dad again. I get to see my mom again by their own testimony. I will, I will walk through the gates of heaven and, and be welcomed with the hugs of my family and the presence of Jesus. We have a hope of a future, of no more of this mess called us. It's us without all the trouble. <coughs> What's the old story? The person I have the biggest problem with is the person I shave in the mirror every morning. We have a hope of an eternal life without the fallacies of ourselves because of a Jesus that rose from the dead. Do you think, I don't know, do you think maybe there might be a few other people out there who might want to discover that the answer to their own faults 
is Christ. Let, let, me, let me take you back, back to our original passage. Matthew chapter 28. I want to go just a little further. If, if, I, could, if I could put this in three lessons... Maybe a little bit oversimplified, but three lessons. You all know verses 18, 19, and 20, chapter 28, verse 18, 19, and 20. The Great Commission, that's the going and the telling. But there's a few things that happened prior to that, and I want us to look at that. Verse 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. Okay? It's kind of an interesting thing. I just, want you, I just want you to listen to this. This is the 11 disciples who don't, aren't, weren't sure okay, about the original rising from the dead of Jesus. You got that part? But the living Jesus told them to go to this upper room and stay there, and they did. No power, no promise. And I, I honestly believe that's where Jesus showed up just all of a sudden as that's where they went to gather and to pray, and this is the place where they were. They're, they're gathered there waiting for whatever, but Jesus said, go there. So they did. Well, what's the first lesson? That's real simple. Obedience. There are some people in the room that, well, everyone in the room, we all have, we all have a responsibility of things that God has given to us to do. And, and they're, they're, not, they're not general. They're not these you know, things that we like have to have a special dream about. It's just stuff that's written down in black and white and red. It's here. It's there. It's just some basic things. You know, this is what I want you to do. Go do this. What did the disciples do? Before the day of Pentecost, before the power, even before the commission, he said, I just want you to go over this room and you know, just gather in this room. Doesn't that sound like, like a fun thing to do? Let's all just go gather in this room. Now, some of them are scared to death, remember, because you know, there's possibility that the Jews might kill them too. But anyways, they all gather up. What are we doing here? Well, the Lord said to gather here. What should we do? I don't know. Do you remember when <laughs> Jesus said this or Jesus said that? I don't know what they did in that, in that upper room. I know they prayed. Mentioned that. They did a lot of that. What, what, what else did they do? They just obeyed. God said, go to this room. Okay. What's going to happen there? Well, we're not entirely sure, but Jesus said to come here. You know, you know, as humans, you know what we always want? And, you know, it's something that we train in our kids, too. At first, we want our kids to, you know, listen, just do what I tell you. Well, why? Because I'm the adult, and I know how this works. You know, the old story of, I want you to do it like A, B, C, and then they figure, oh, I can go from A to C without doing B. And you're like, no, you can't do it that way. You've got to do A, B, and C, or you're not going to get the product that we want. And then discover, they discover from disobedience, oh, that's why I was supposed to do B. Everybody here? So we, we teach our kids. And after a while, you know what we want our kids? We want our kids, we want to be able to talk to them. To, you know, like, reason with them, right? This is why I want you to do this. This is, this is what makes sense. I, um, it's tax season. My, my son's been working, working some good jobs, making some good money. And so I asked him, he got his tax paperwork back. And I said, have, have, have you read it? Did you look it over? No. I said, look it over. Try to understand. Pay attention. The, the accountant has a nice letter in there that tells you exactly what's going on. Try to understand. Why? Because uh, ultimately he's responsible, not the accountant. 
I want them to understand. I want them to look. This is what they're doing. This is what this is for. This is where it's going. I want them to understand. I'm at a point I can reason with him. But this is a point where there was no reasoning. Jesus said, I want you to go do this. You know, there are some things in life where we need to stop trying to reason with God about why we aren't built for that or we don't feel comfortable doing that or there's got to be other people who are better at that and just say, well, God said this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to go do it. Not even sure if I can, but this is what God said to do. Uh, do you hear what I'm saying? The lesson of obedience. Lesson of obedience. And with that, listen, you know, it comes simple thing. This is a real simple thing. It's just willingness. That's really what obedience is. It comes down to this. Willingness. Is are you willing just to do it? And this interesting thing, you know, people get all fired up about, you know, about preachers and all these standards and things that they say we should and shouldn't do. And you know what most of the time it comes down to? It's not a heart about whether you're going to do it or not. It's about the heart of what, are you willing to do it if that's what God wants? Because that's really where the trouble is, isn't it? If God says this is what I want and you're not even willing to do it, then we're not, we, we can't go any further. Right? Are we hear what I'm saying? Because if it's Jesus telling us to do something and we're not willing to do it, God says, Jesus says, What's the real problem here? It's not about what's being done. It's my willingness is the trouble. Amen. Well, that don't make any sense. Why would God want me to do that? Why did God put me in as a pastor? I have no clue. And the longer I'm a pastor, I'm going, and I talk to other preachers. They all say the same thing. There's got to be somebody else better, than, better for this than me. I've not met a pastor yet worth his salt who hasn't said the same thing. Certainly there's somebody else who could do a better job than me. But God's chosen me. Okay. I got to go do it. <clears throat> I'm the person who used to be the gregarious one. I want to be out there talking to everybody. You know what, ministry after a while, I just soon go back to the house. <laughs> but Sunday's always coming. And I'm, I'm not a planner, but I got to be ready for Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It's coming. I don't really like that a whole lot. It's not about whether I like it. I'm, I'm not designed to be that regular. You know what I'm saying? I say designed. My natural tendency is not to not be that kind of a normal, regular person. It don't matter. God says, this is what I want you to do. Lord, you know me. Yeah, that's what I've asked you to do. I'm, I'm willing. I'm willing. Are you willing? Lesson of obedience. Look at verse 17. I hope this one makes perfect sense. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. There's a lesson of worship. Have you seen Christ for who he is? Amen. Come on. Have you seen Christ for who he is? Like Isaiah, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Listen, if you aren't spending time purposefully yourself on your knees before God, worshiping, telling him who he is, recognizing who he is, we're not even going to make it to the end of this process. There must be in your heart and mind a purposed recognition of God and Christ and their magnificence and the wonder of things like the cross and the resurrection. Worship. Amen. Worship. It's about him, not about me. Amen. The lesson of obedience and the lesson of worship. And then comes the lesson of work. Then comes the go ye therefore. You realize that in every one of these cases, these people, when they were sent, they were, they were astounded by the work of God or by God himself. You wonder why you haven't been able to be a, a good witness? Isn't that what we're supposed to be? 
Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature? Just ask yourself a question. I might as well just be real blunt about it. When's the last time you yourself verbally gave the gospel to someone? And I'm including me in that. Because that's what we are told to do as believers. Why? Because of Resurrection Sunday. That's what we're told to do. When's the last time you've done it? Could it be, let, let, let me just stop. Could it be, let's just back up a little bit, that maybe somewhere along the line God has said, I'd like you to do this, and he's like, mm, that can't be me. I'm not talented enough for that. Well, that wasn't, talent wasn't the issue. It was willingness. Or you've been willing, but you haven't really spent time bowing before God and recognizing him for who he is. Listen, because when these disciples saw God, when they saw Jesus, when they saw the work of Jesus, it was a natural thing to go and tell. To go and tell. Sometimes it's work. And it should, it should just be part of our everyday lives. But you know, some, I wonder how much that we miss because we just really haven't been paying attention to what God's been doing in our lives around us. Listen, the tomb, we're gonna, in a little bit we're going to sing. I'm gonna be, we're going to be baptizing this morning. Thank the Lord we have a young man that got saved. Thank the Lord we're going to baptize him. That's what it's all about. And what is baptism? It's, it's, listen, buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in what? That means what, what, I, what I am and what I was is tossed out for what he is through me. And that starts with the lesson of my willingness to let that happen and worship to recognize who he is, and then work to go about his business. Amen. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. And there's a lot of people out there who desperately need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the risen 